Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Fours and Fours podcast. Uh, I'm Bert with Fours and Fours, and I'm Austin with Bourbon Earring. Man, this has been a uh, it's been a long time in the making, right? Man, it's been we talked about this May of '21 while we were in Kentucky. It's been over a year. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been a crazy year for both of us, yeah. really. It really has. Well, I've I've been working on a project at work for the past year. I've been working nights for the last month and a half, so I've been stuck doing absolutely nothing content wise. And I acted like I was 18 at the gym and <laughs> completely ripped my shoulder to shreds, had to have surgery. That was a good seven, eight month recovery. Yeah. But, you know, I'm back to, to feeling good again, back on the golf course doing stuff. That's, so. Yeah, finally. I mean, I'm not back on the golf course yet, but uh, <laughs> that's never going to happen. We can change that thing. Like, we, we can, well, look, I'm in, I'm in softball form right now. I'm in the softball oh, league, right. so I can't, I can't be swinging a golf club and mess up my game. Well, I think we're going to be covering some of your beer league softball, oh, right? Hot, hard-hitting news right there. Yeah, we might have some behind-the-scenes video of the rare specimen oh, of an athlete that uh, <laughs> Austin is. Hey, so speaking of that, Bert, what is this show all about? We're going to talk about whiskey, food, mm-hmm. fun, and the culture and the people that this kind of brings together. So, Absolutely. Uh, we're both whiskey geeks. We're both part of the local bourbon society here, the bourbon society of Baton Rouge. Um, we both love sports. We love that sports betting's here in Louisiana. We love that too. So we're both in the DFS stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we'll kind of hit you guys with our teams. This in no way constitutes advice. In fact, if if you play what we play, you're, you're probably gonna lose. you're yeah. gonna lose more. Than you're you gonna lose yeah. way more money. So don't listen to us, but listen to us. Right. You right. <laughs> but really, don't listen to us. A terrible idea. Man, um, I'm excited about this. I mean, we've been how long have we known each other? Two and a half years, three years now? Two and a half, three years, something like that, yeah. And we always sit around and talk about whiskey and talk about sports, so. And I mean, I think I think that you mentioned that that's a good point of what this podcast is about. So um, Austin and I are like 15 years apart in age, but uh, we became good friends through bourbon society. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what we're talking about here, the way that, that whiskey kind of melds together, like our culture, how it builds friendships. It's not just about drinking. It's about the community that you build around it and some of the Absolutely. fun things you do. Absolutely. Like, I mean, we'll talk about this more later, but we're here at Sugarfield Spirits enjoying some smoked rum old fashions right here. We're not all about the whiskey, but uh, we love drinking. We love hanging out with people. This is our, our monthly Sugarfield Saturday. So the group comes out here and just hangs out. Yeah, no, it's a really good time. And um, we really hope you guys have a good time. And I hope you guys enjoy listening to us. And look, if you do find something you like, you know, like, subscribe, leave us some comments, check us out on YouTube, check us out on Apple and Google Podcasts. Yep. Um, and we love to hear where you're where you're watching us at. Yeah, and if you guys check down in the description, um, we'll make sure we have links to um, his pages, my pages, all of that. Um, make sure you check out our Patreon page. It's uh, just patreon.com slash fours and fours, all one word. And fours like golf. Fours like golf. F O R E. F-O-R-E-S. I made that mistake. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> fours like golf. Um, fours and fours. Um, and let us know what you think about the podcast. Maybe Absolutely. sign up and join. For sure. Well, like I said, we're here at Sugarfield Spirit, so we want to talk about that. This is a great local distillery. So we're actually going to bring in the owners. Uh, we're going to bring in the master distiller and bring in the head bartender as well. Just the the bartender, part. mixologist, cocktail czar. Um, he he, he kind of does it all. He does it all. So stay tuned for that, and uh, we'll see you all in a little bit. All right, y'all, we're here with Drew Salto, one of the owners of Sugarfield here. 
Uh, Drew, tell us uh, about what you do and what this place is. Cool. My role here is uh, I'm in charge of the front of the house. Uh, I also help out in the back of the house. So, uh, uh, I mean, you know, being a small business owner, you do a little bit of everything. Uh, uh, when I first started, I was, uh, you know, director of sanitation. So I was in charge <laughs> of all the janitorial work. I've been demoted since then. Now I'm just right. assistant janitor. So, uh, uh, you know, like uh, what we do here is we'll, we have a lot of fun. Uh, the whole purpose of a tasting room is really just to uh, show how our spirits shine. And uh, that's what we try to do. Uh, I try to have uh, pretty awesome cocktails. Uh, and they just keep getting getting better and better. Uh, I can I mean, attest to that. Yeah, uh, y'all are drinking old fashions right now. Yeah, smoked rum. We're doing the smoke, smoked, smoked rum, rum old fashioned. Right on. So those are made with our new. Uh, we we have all in house bitters that we use now. Okay. So uh, this is something that uh, like uh, I did a post on it on our social media today. Uh, it's just we're just taking the old fashioned to the next level. You know, like I I would say we have one of the best old fashions out there. I would agree. So far, absolutely. Uh, they just they just got better. You know, like. Uh, we have a cherry uh, bitters. We have orange bitters. We have an aromatic bitters. We have chocolate bitters. We've been using the chocolate bitters for a while. Yeah. Uh, we think, what are the other ones? Uh, uh, we have a lime bitters. That's not for your old fashions. We're going to use that in different in a different uh, way. Delicious. But that is going to be really interesting. Never heard of it, but we were just playing around with different things, and lime came up, and I was like, "Do lime? I can play. I like that's going to go great with gin. I can do something with that with Ooh, gin." And actually, yeah. Down the road, like we're gonna we're gonna have some really interesting stuff coming out with that. But yeah, another part of what I do is uh, menu creation. So I work hand in hand with the bartenders. Uh, a lot of people think like uh, menu creations are, uh, you know, you just throw a couple of drinks together right. uh, and I mean that might well, be what happens yeah no, there's a lot of thought that goes into it uh, and you learn lessons along the way like uh, one of the big lessons we learned I think three or four menus uh, we put two different smashes on one menu terrible terrible <laughs> idea like uh, like it's the smashes were very popular which is good we like drinks right. to be popular but uh, the amount of cleanup you have to do on a smash is such a and we just, we just kept running out of blackberries and raspberries. I'd stock up on blackberries and we'd run out of raspberries. So I'd stock up on raspberries and we'd run out of black. It was just like a never ending cycle. So, so uh, you do, what, you do like three, four menus a year. How many, how many new menus do you create from scratch every year? <laughs> so, so typically, uh, like, that's a good question. Like I used <laughs> to want to do a quarterly menu. So four a year, uh, this year we have done. I think we're already on number eight or nine. So, uh, yeah, uh, we—I mean, we're on our—we're on our second summer menu. We had two springs, and we had a winter and a pre-spring as well. Gotcha. So, yep. Like, and we—we we have sense. another menu that we're developing right now. Uh, it'll be out before football season. Uh, and uh, my idea for this one is going to be like a football theme, and I'm going to do like a football theme menu. Like so that. think like tailgating, and so still it's going to be. Uh, you know, a lot of jello shots and natty lights, guys. There you go. Heck yeah, yeah let's go. That's exactly right. Yeah, no, uh, it's gonna be like <laughs> a lot of really refreshing drinks, uh, right. but uh, also you know some some kind of funner, more fun drinks. We'll still have, I think we'll, we still have watermelon going for that, uh, and that'll be the last watermelon for the yeah. for the year. Because, quite frankly, I, I'm at the farmers market, and when 
fruit goes out, we stop using it because if I can't source it locally and fresh and yep. have good fruit. So that's a that's a question. So when you're creating your menu, are you trying to fit it to the theme of the season or are you trying to fit it to what seasonal fruits and things that y'all have for all y'all different cores that you come out with? So Yeah, so sometimes uh, we're doing it just to... Uh, you know, highlight a spirit that we have. Like I've, I've done that before. I've done like a whole menu with the spirit because we have something dropping and I want to, you know, show people what you can do with, with this. Uh, and sometimes it's, you know, it's just what fruits are out there. Like, uh, and you know, during the summer we're, you know, lighter and fruitier and things that you want to drink during the summer, during the winter, a lot heavier drinks, heartier drinks, you know, I'll have a hot drink on the menu, like a little hotty toddy or a uh, hot chocolate. Or maybe you can do a hotty toddy down here. No. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> not during, don't do it during football. Not during football season. Yeah. That will in the winter. That will not be. Uh, so we're talking about getting flags up in here for football season this year. Flag. And uh, so we'll have an LSU flag and a Southern flag and things okay. like that. And uh, 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 so we're gonna get like all that. the local flags. You know. Thomas and I will put up our flags from our, our alma maters. We'll put a flag up for... That's what I was worried uh, about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my brother's wife went to Auburn, so we'll have one of those flags up. Uh, Fine. And, and, then, and then the rule is, if you bring us a flag, we'll put it up, with the exception of three flags. There's three flags that will not ever go up in this bar. And, what are those uh, three flags? Um, well, uh, my brother's wife, uh, her vote was for uh, University of Alabama. So Alabama, Absolutely she not. went to Auburn. So I said... My brother went to Georgia Tech, so uh, he said uh, University of Georgia will never play. I'm okay with that, and, too. And uh, I said, uh, that, there you go, there you go. And uh, two for two. I went to uh, University of South Carolina, so uh, Clemson will never have a flag. Oh, three as for three. As, mm. I'm, uh, mm. as long as I'm here, we will not have a Clemson flag. I have very different one. reasons yeah. for all three of those, but <laughs> I fully support your decision. Like, yeah. 100% yeah. behind you guys on that. Yeah. yeah. So you were talking about you talked about the bitters and the fresh ingredients that go in your cocktails. Right. What uh what are the spirits and what are the um the liqueurs that go in your cocktails? Sure. So uh on our current menu, I actually have it here in front of me. Uh well, uh, the, a lot of the a lot of the things that are uh, that are in them, we use like so during the summertime, we're using fig. Fig goes great. In, I love fig. In cock, like and the 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 one that we have with the fig is called by Felicia. I, I had so, uh, Felicia. Yeah. Well, my first drink I had when I got here. Yeah. That was insane. Yeah. I grew up on fig preserves, so and the amazing. fig shines in that. But to me, it tastes like an iced tea. So uh, you know, iced tea was in. The, he, he had the line. Felicia, and I get it. I get it. So sometimes the drinks have ties in, and sometimes they jokingly don't. Like the one at the bottom, the uh, the give me a liter of cola. Like that had cola in it, you know. Like that had coke in it. So give me a liter of cola. Could have easily done that, but I was like, I don't want to do that at all. I don't want it to have anything to do with cola. So uh, so that one is a uh, it's kind of our uh, our take on a. uh, I forget the name of it, but uh, it'll come to me right when we get off the air gotcha. here. And, uh, so I, like, I like that you have, you have Diller's Choice on the menu now. And, yeah. Uh, that takes care of probably one of the biggest problems of being a bartender is people walking up and being like, ah, oh, Diller's Choice, whatever you want. Yep. Well, I, I, I think it's a it's a great option. We I have regulars that come here who that's all they get. They're just like, they'll tell me I'm in the mood for gin today, Drew. And I'm like, all right, let's go. And, and we'll do gin. That's what I like. I mean, I'm 
we've been coming in here a lot. And yep. I'll say that, and you know exactly what I like, so you'll make me something different every time. It's something yep. that's fantastic. And I, I find it hard to go with the gold fashion. That's, that's also true. It's, yeah, I mean, you really can't go wrong. Uh, and by the way, uh, the more I get to know people, the more I know, like, what they like and how challenging I can be with them. Like, like Austin, I know, like, like with you, I know you're, you like boozy stuff and uh, I can, I can throw you something pretty off the wall and you're going to you, dig it. Yep. And, uh, and I, I know That's other fair. people, yeah, you can't do that. And my favorite thing about the dealer's choice is I may go off the wall with you, but if you don't like it, that's fine. Yeah, like that's I mean, perfectly fine. I'll make you something that you do like. Like that's okay. I went in this direction and you didn't you didn't like dig that. That's cool, man. Like perfectly fine. Exactly. Because part of being a person is you're gonna have your own opinions, and uh, ultimately I want you to enjoy your drink. So there's no there's no right or wrong here. Uh, if I if I throw you a pitch and yet it's not a hit, we'll we'll throw you another pitch. You know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Now before we let you go, I just want to make sure you know. I don't want to bury the lead here. All these liqueurs you're talking about, all these spirits, uh -huh. homemade, created. Absolutely. So yeah, uh, so well, I guess we could talk a little bit about uh, how we create a spirit. Uh, uh, so well, one, I have a brother who, uh, he has a lab notebook with about 150 different successful experiments that he's done. Now there's probably 2,000 unsuccessful experiments <laughs> in that book as well, but that's part of being a, a experimentation. You mm -hmm. find out what works and what doesn't work. Uh, so we have literally just, it's the tip of the iceberg. We have tons and tons of different spirits here, but what we try to express here is we try to do different expressions of different fun things that we have, you know? Like if we run into something at the farmer's market or one of our farmers comes to us with a cool fruit or something mm -hmm. that nobody's done, We'll, we'll go with it. We have something coming out here pretty soon that is uh, that's really fantastic. Uh, it's not actually a liqueur. It's a flavored gin that we have Ooh, okay. coming out. It's a strawberry gin. Have y'all y'all seen that one yet? I've heard about it. Yeah, I, I it's, haven't. It's, I haven't. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, actually. it's really fantastic. So, uh, guys, I'm gonna tell y'all a secret. So make sure this nobody hears about this. Absolutely. What we do is we take our gin and we add strawberries to it. Wow. So, that's uh, how you do it. Okay. Yeah. That's how you make sure. I would just put Jolly Ranchers in. Yeah. 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 No. No. But this is where the expertise comes in, guys. Like we're uh... not in college anymore, I guess. <laughs> and so, when I was in college, it was Zima, Jolly Ranchers and a Zima, but there's yeah. a little bit of an age gap between What's a Zima? you and I. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Drink your old fashioned. <laughs> but it's kind of like the reason you pay a plumber to come in and tighten a tighten a pipe. We know how long the strawberries need to stay in there. We know the prep work you have to do with the strawberries. We have a strawberry source that's really fantastic. He hooks us up with great Louisiana strawberries. All this man does year-round is strawberries. Yeah. You say Louisiana strawberries, y'all pretty much only source Louisiana fruit for most of your stuff, right? Yes. Our, our goal is to only source from Louisiana. Now, we sometimes have to go outside of Louisiana to get some things. Uh, if it doesn't grow in Louisiana, well, there, there you go, guys. Like we're, but, uh, uh, but we're, like we're never, like our peaches are never going to come from California. Like that's not something that'll happen. It's awesome. Drew, we really appreciate your time. Yeah, uh, And also, we uh, appreciate your hospitality, letting us film our inaugural podcast. Um, at your facility and take of up course. about a third of the bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we really appreciate it. Maybe we'll uh, get your brother on here. 
Oh, so yeah. Convince him too. Well, let's see. I, he's a. I just saw him walk across the street when he comes back over. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're gonna walk over there and check that out in a little bit. Yeah, we probably should. Yeah, yeah make we'll sure talk about that. Yeah. That'll we'll be a leave separate suspense. Thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, in suspense. You guys will have to tune in for the next episode exactly. to see that. Drew, thank you so much, man. Thank you, boy. Awesome. Thank All you, right. Drew. Cool. Uh, so obviously we're not at Sugarfield. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes when you're on site, things can go wrong, and it did. I, I mean. Did it really go wrong, or did we just have a good time that we didn't want anybody to see? Um, and if you're listening to this and not watching, everything's totally fine. I have no idea what we're talking about, and we definitely didn't delete 30 minutes of footage. All right, well, uh, now that we have that out the way, so I'll tell you what. Before we jump into the other Salto brother, Thomas, the co-owner of Sugarfield's interview, um, tell us a little about what we're sipping on. Yeah, so we got a couple of Sugarfield whiskeys out here in front of us, but we're sipping on this port finish rye. This is their first finishing barrel they've ever ever released. It is a six-year-old MGP rye finish in a red port barrel, and you get that raisiny goodness on the nose, and it's just exactly everything you want out of a good rye and out of a good port finish whiskey. And you really do. I love this. And um, So while we sit back and enjoy this, uh, you guys enjoy this interview with Thomas from the other day. All right, guys, so you guys met Drew, but um, here's the other mastermind, the other hey. Salto brother. I don't know about that. Uh, mastermind behind <laughs> Jack the Jack of all trades, master project. of none. Right. Yeah. So how's it going, man? Tell us a little about um, Sugarfield. So Drew took us through all the cocktails and the front of house stuff. Yeah. But, um, um, you were like the wizard of whiskey. The wizard of whiskey. I like it. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Um, you know, we, were, uh, we were having an interview earlier in the week, and I came up with uh, this idea. It's like um, like – old world traditions like a new world take on old world traditions i like it um okay. and that's kind of um you know Andrew and i like i don't know that was like a summation of kind of where we're at like we just we we, we love the traditions of making spirits um and we're just adding a little bit of our take on it we're not going crazy with things we're not blasting um not that i don't love metallica but um, <laughs> um we're not we're not playing music in our barrels we're not trying to um to to do some unusual you know rapid aging process you're not putting it on a boat no wow. not yet <laughs> but i hear boat whiskey is the thing to do yeah or barge, barge whiskey barge whiskey yeah yep. i mean like there's all sorts of things you can do um i just I think y'all been here several times. Yeah, and a few times. you know, I think a few, yeah, and and y'all kind of tasted where we're going. I just really feel like I enjoy things made the traditional way, and I've not really enjoyed things made in untraditional ways. Um, you know, I think like are they are they good? Yeah, they can be. I mean, I've had good things, but are they superlative? I don't think so. I, I, it misses a nuance somewhere, and I think the you know, you know those those old school aging methods, those old school traditional methods, is is just like it's how I enjoy my spirits, and that's how that's how we're 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 doing things here. No, I mean what you guys are doing is working. Like I have seen from just a few years ago of you guys being so new on the scene to Sherville stuff popping up everywhere. I everywhere. see it in almost every restaurant I go to. I see it on the yeah. shelf in pretty much every liquor store, everywhere we go. So, I mean, it's resonating with people, obviously. Yeah. We're, we're getting there around around this area, um, you know, kind of the River Parish area. Um, you know, EBR, um, Ascension, Livingston. I, we're, we're still working our way out. 
Um, uh, you know, Anna's done a great job with getting us on cocktail meetings all around town. Our next step has to be uh, has to be New Orleans. Yeah, I agree. Um, so you said New Orleans. Um, I think I told you this. I don't remember if I did. This was right around the time of my surgery. So we went to um, New Orleans to see a performer. I won't say who it was, but we went to New Orleans to see a performer, and we had dinner at Sobu. Um, Sobu does a paired cocktail menu, and um, the the coup de gras, like the guy's old fashioned, was a sugar filled old fashioned. Oh, awesome! Um, and he specifically it was all in his pitch of talking about how he wanted to do something local to Louisiana, and that's one of the bigger restaurants in New Orleans. Is yeah, hundred percent. And uh, speaking of New Orleans, you know, obviously New Orleans rum is big, and I think uh, I was here last weekend with the actually the Rum Society, and we're talking about how you know. Y'all have been sourcing great whiskey, and that's you have that the ability to, you know, I guess, pick a good barrel. You get that small batch blending skill, and it's fantastic with that. But your your handmade, handcrafted rum is really, really making a splash, and I think that's also a great way to get in, especially in Louisiana. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, um, being able to for me to walk through every step of rum production. Where you know I, I get it directly. You know I go pick up the sugar from the mill. I go pick up the blackstrap molasses from the mill. I know um, you know Jenna Barbera is my my purchasing agent there. I know Mike Stenfield. I know um, the Savoirs. Um, you know being able to know the people that run the mill. I know probably five or six different farmers that are that are giving their stuff to the mill. Um, you know having that ability to. Um, not disrupt supply chains, but just know my supply chain. Um, I, I love that aspect of rum making in Louisiana. And I hope that I can get the same idea going with whiskey. It's just taking us a little bit longer time. There's not as much grain grown in Louisiana. That's true. Yeah. But like, you don't really think about it, but 80% of the U.S. exports of grain um, to the world go out of the ports of Baton Rouge South. Because yeah. it like, Ocean-going ships can't go any further north than Baton Rouge, thanks to um, Governor Long um, um, and the 190 Bridge. Um, but uh, so, you know, the ocean-going ships, they can go as north as far north as Baton Rouge. So everything comes down the river in barge and um, ends up, you know, going through the grain elevators all up and down the river right here. So, you know, I mean, the U.S. supplies just massive amounts of grain exports to the world. And so there's corn coming down the river. There's, there's barley. There's rye. All those things are right here. I just, and you know, if somebody's listening to this podcast and wants to get in touch with me, it's Thomas at sugarfilledspiritsla.com. Um, we'll have that link in the description for you. Uh, yeah. Along with um, stuff. You know, I'd, I'd love to talk to um, and get in with one of the big grain operators around yeah. here. And, you know, the U.S. grain is is some of the best grain in the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, the, 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 the upper Midwest, the lower Midwest is, um, is, is the breadbasket for the whole world. And it all comes out of these ports right here, so I'm like I feel like there's a there's a way you can really make that connection with um, you know all these ships are driving by you know within a mile of my distillery with yeah. <laughs> amazing amounts of grain. That that's my eventual goal is to be able to make everything from that grain. Not not going to BSG, love BSG, color great, but being able to actually source it a little bit more directly and and. I think if anything, COVID has taught us that the more you can limit your supply chain or be yeah. integrated into the supply chain, That's a great point. Um, That's a good point. You, you have a better chance of actually getting things.
speaking of that, I have um, a massive order of bottles coming in on next week. Oh, nice! Heck yeah. So finally, um, <laughs> I didn't even know you could buy glass anymore. Uh, I I had ordered these last summer. Wow! Uh, I, I I've stayed ahead. I've not ran out of glass. I've had to change bottles slightly. I don't think anybody's noticed. I changed from a Nordic bottle to a Stockholm bottle. Um, uh, <laughs> well, you, know, you know what? I think I noticed. That. <laughs> yeah, it, it made labeling a little bit more difficult. Um, it was tapered just a tiny little bit. Oh, um, in, the, in the future, you're going to have collectors be like, oh, yeah. I got the Nordic style. Yeah. Feel. <laughs> oh, this is vintage. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that. I mean, unless you're in an industry like this or yeah. you're familiar with it, a lot of people don't know how hard it's been just to get glass bottles. Some, really, some of the distilleries in the state haven't had them in a while. Yeah, it's one of the heaviest yeah. things impacted by the supply chain yeah. crunch was glass. and Because most of the glass is actually made in China. Right. Um, yeah, we, we, up front, we were sourcing strictly from america um i have sourced some from um uh from india um in this process of trying to stay ahead of it um which i wasn't excited about but you know it desperate times call for desperate measures but you know i mean shanghai which is the biggest port in the world was just shut down for two months for and you know just the the headaches it's been for from a supply chain perspective have been really really crazy i mean y'all persevere i mean Correct me if I'm wrong, you opened in January of 2020, correct? Right, correct. So, I mean, you had two and a half months and then boom. Yeah. And yep. y'all came through it. Well, yeah. I mean, not only if you came through it, I mean, it came out the other side, bigger, badder, and better than it yeah. was before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then uh, I want to hit a little bit before you go about what's going on across the street over there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so Andrew and I have, um, you know, in our whole spirit journey, <laughs> Um, we did a lot of training in the Pacific Northwest where, you know, craft spirits really kind of started. Um, and in that process, Andrew and I really fell in love with, with all these craft ciders up there. Cider is this huge thing in the Pacific Northwest and it's becoming, you know, it's one of the fastest growing aspects of craft right now. So we are opening a craft cidery up front. We're sourcing apple juice from, um, our first sourcing. We have stuff fermenting across the street right now. Um, our first sourcing was from Hood River, Oregon. I, you know, we plan on sourcing from Oregon, probably Washington, probably um, New York State, and maybe Michigan. Um, those are the big apple growing places. And then Andrew and I have planted a bunch of apple trees on our farm in North Mississippi. You know, so we've got a bunch of heirlooms, you know, southern varietal um, apples. Okay. Um, you know, specifically for cider. Um, you know. I can nerd out on cider like all day. I would say, I mean, yeah. what's the maturation time on the trees until they start producing? So like... um, we're probably in a, we're, our oldest trees are two years old in the ground. We probably have another three or four years before we're making a state only stuff. Okay. Um, you know, that'll obviously be pretty special stuff for us. Mm-hmm. Trying to limit supply chains as much as I can. Right. So I'm hoping to get in either with, with somebody, with an individual farmer in Oregon, get a, um, uh, an orchard in Oregon uh, for our own. If I've learned anything from this whole process, it is um, the more you can have your finger in different, uh, you know, uh, I guess vertical integration, um, the better, the better your, the better, the easier everything gets. Right. So, Thomas, I know we're going to want to have you on talk about specifically about the cidery and about yeah. the winery in the future. Love to. Yeah. But, uh, I think the last thing we want to maybe talk about, can you kind of tell us a little bit something about uh, maybe a, a screw cancer barrel that's going on? Yeah, um, I mean, I've heard rumors about this barrel. I don't know if <laughs> right. y'all, yeah. Um, and, uh, we can't give away the house here. Right. Yeah, yes. we can't. So, just a teaser. Um, 
I probably actually need to like draw out a family tree for this barrel um, because it, it's, it's, it gets really complicated. This was a four-year-old MGP bourbon that we, um, well, let's, let's back up from there. So <laughs> last it. year's charity it. barrel, um, the Screw Cancer uh, from uh, 2021 was aged in a red port barrel and then was aged in a rum barrel that um, held batch one of our aged rum and had originally been a red port barrel also. Right. So, um, and that was delicious. It, it was so delicious. Was so this year's barrel was originally, it was a four-year-old MGP bourbon, 75% corn, 21% rye, 4% malted barley. It then went into... Um, last year, also, we, we barrel-aged honey. Which is also fantastic. Yes, the barrel-aged <laughs> honey was delicious. Um, so we put this four-year-old MTV bourbon into that barrel that had held the barrel-aged honey. The problem with barrel-aging honey, then putting something else into that barrel, is <laughs> honey is incredibly hydrophilic. So it suck, it yeah. loves water. Right, right, right. Yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. It, it's so desiccated. The bees do such a good job of getting all the water out of it. It's got such a high concentration of solutes that it just pulls water from wherever it is. Whether it's humidity from the air or it sucks water out of a barrel also. Right. Water keeps uh, barrels water or watertight. Keeps you watertight. Yeah. Yeah. Sealed, right. Um, so, uh, the barrel, um, leaked like a sieve when we had honey in it, um, which is a messy, messy, messy process. We were spraying the bottle down every day. We were, um, you're putting wet towels on it to try to keep it hydrated. Wet towels, what I've always heard, just like keep it soaked as much as you can. It it was a mess. So then we, then we put the, the, um, this four-year-old MTP bourbon in there, um, it was still a mess, um, and it still leaked. So after about six months of just this slow drip on the floor of this delicious bourbon, I grew tired of it. So then we uh, moved the bourbon that had been in the honey barrel um, into the the barrel that the charity or the Twice Plus was in last year. So that barrel has now been a red port barrel, a rum barrel, a rye barrel. And now a bourbon barrel. Um, I, I felt like it, it added some flavor, but the other thing it really added was it added maturity. Yeah, it allowed it to finish maturing. Um, it wasn't quite ready to for release um, this time last summer. Um, and I, I would argue that, but after having it now, I admit I was wrong. I and. And Austin, I know you love corn. Absolutely. Um, and I feel like that's what happened. That's what happened between last year and this year is that corn integrated into the spirit a little bit better. Right. The corn was always the corn. I mean, bourbon is a corn forward um, spirit, but it allowed the other flavors to kind of come out a little bit better. It was all corn last summer, and I think this now it's matured and, and just kind of integrated itself a little bit better. So I'll say you say leaky barrel, and what I hear is lower yield and people better make sure that they're here on release day and get one snack yeah. as quick yep. as possible. Yeah, I think last year we, we did like 220 bottles. Maybe? It was something that sounds, crazy. That sounds correct. Yeah, I think it was it was that. 
Um, I think this year's yield is going to be somewhere around 160 to 180 bottles. Wow. Right. So, um, you know, so there's, there's a, yeah, I think you probably need to get on it quick. The charity is great. Um, right. you know, it's for women's health at, at women's hospital here in Baton Rouge. Um, you know, I think we all hate cancer. I think everybody has been touched by cancer at some point, you know, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, cervical cancer. And Women's Hospital does such a great job um, with, uh, you know, with their, with their um, cancer pavilion that they they built. You know, their collaboration with uh, Mary Bird Perkins. Um, you know, I think that this charity um, just has such a great ability to touch lives going forward. So uh, I really uh, think that um, you know it's a it's a great thing for that. How much do you know? How much we raised last year? It was like. 30,000, 28,000? It was, I want to say 27 or 28. Yeah. Um, and and what's good about this program we're doing is that all it's going to a local charity helping right. actual people. I mean, research is great, of course, but yeah. actually going to help actual families that need that help. And it gets spread around. So last year was Leukemia and Lymphoma. Right. right. Um, exactly. This year will be Women's Hospital. I believe next year we maybe floated the idea of prostate or something yeah. like that. Right. So, you know, I certainly would love to do a... Um, uh, a childhood like childhood leukemia Absolutely. or childhood yeah. cancers childhood. you know maybe maybe do something to support um in the children's hospital i mean from what i do on a um right. professional standpoint and my so wife what, so what do you do besides this yeah so uh, you know i guess my day job is um i'm a newborn intensive care doctor um so saving lives um, yeah and um i actually worked lives. uh i did a 24-hour shift yesterday at, um at women's and children's over in lafayette so um, yeah so um Got off this morning, uh, drove home, ate some ate some food, took a shower, and then come in here for the day. Distilling a little bit in the back, making sure the cider's going okay, and just checking in. So, yeah, another day. Well, Thomas, we really appreciate you coming out and yeah. talking to us yeah, and letting us use your your space. Yeah, one hundred percent, guys. Anytime. Um, thank y'all so much for uh, for having me on. Yeah, and look, we're gonna want to do maybe a separate video again, like Swift talk to Drew, tease it a little bit, but um. You might want to do something like in the in the back. Have you have us have you take us through, show the distillery, maybe take us through the cider house. Yeah. Um, we can see it and kind of show people behind the scenes of what goes into all this amazing stuff you've been talking about. Yeah, I'd love to do it, guys. Um, let's let's do it sometime. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank y'all. Woo. Whew. Man, it's good stuff. That's delicious. Wow. Yeah. That might be the best in April least yet. Man, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview from Thomas over at Sugarfield. They have a, a lot of good things, a lot of interesting stuff going on over there. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to stay up to date on that, follow them on Instagram, follow them on Facebook. They're great about updating that there. Um, they got some great things coming down the road, including some of our uh, Bourbon Society of Baton Rouge picks. So keep in touch with that. Nice. Hey, and while you're there, don't forget to uh, like and subscribe to Fours and Pours. Make sure you sign up for notifications for the podcast. Uh, don't forget to look into our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash fours and pours. Um, and we're so happy you guys stuck with us through this first episode. Hey, don't forget to follow me at Bourbon Earring on TikTok, on Instagram, and even on YouTube every now and then. I'll keep you up to date a little behind the scenes of this show. So check us out there, and we really appreciate y'all watching, listening, however yeah. you're consuming this. We we'll look forward to seeing you guys in episode two. Absolutely. Cheers. <laughs>